Hello everybody, Paul Jancarella here from Profits and Success, here to bring you another podcast episode from Marketing Motivations. And we're hoping to not so much market your motivation, but to really uh, enhance and inspire your passion, which we hope that is to generate uh, an income, but more importantly, um, help transform people's lives in doing so. Anyhow, getting on to our message for today, I wanted to speak about people that are anxious to improve their circumstances but unwilling to improve themselves. They therefore remain bound by their own mind, their own thoughts, and their own habits. And that was uh, a quote from James Allen. And I believe James Allen is how a man thinketh, if I'm not mistaken. He's got a a few books, God rest his soul. Moving right along into Darren Hardy's message today, uh, the title was Critical, How to Protect Your Precious Mind. You know, and it's funny how the quote above that was just that. Um, Darren says, this is the constant and never-ending fight of your life and for your life. You know, a glass is a container that holds liquid in this example. We take this glass everywhere we go. Poison enters the glass unbeknownst to us at times, and when we're perfectly aware of it at other times. It can be from the news, the world, even our own negative thoughts. So how do you rid the poison? Well, you got to flush it with clean and clear thoughts. You know, we need to pump that uh, into positive thoughts if it is continual, it, it is a continual process, but you read, listen, and watch material that cleanses your mind. You must have an exercise plan for your brain. And the example that Darren was giving was he had a, a clear glass and he had some dark cola that he poured into the glass. It was about three quarters full. And he says, this is the poison in your brain, in your mind, that you need to rid of. And he grabbed a jug of clean, clear water that represents positive thinking, healthy 
mindset, um, doing things uh, in a moral and upright manner, you know, spreading happiness, joy, humor, love, those particular things. And he pours it into the glass. And as he keeps pouring, the glass is overflowing. But it begins to overflow all of the brown poison that was once in the glass. And when he was done, there was clean water in the glass. He's like, now this is your mind. Clean and clear as it should be. But that's not the end of it. You don't just take one shower and you're good for the year. You constantly have to cleanse your mind. Every day it's getting dirty. It's getting poison into its system. And you have to flush that out continually. So think of, of, of doing that. Schedule a time to pray, to read, uh, to listen, and to watch inspirational material, personal development, uh, encouraging uh, topics that are fruitful, not fruitless. That's what life is meant to be. And dare I say, create a relationship with God. If those of you that are struggling to do that, those of you that don't believe in God, then find your God, whether it be the universe, whether it be outer space, uh, whether it be nature, get in communion with that. And you will then become in unison with, with God. It doesn't happen overnight, but it happens through practice and repetition. The insight of the day today was life is much better when you're living in the present moment. Think about that for a minute. How often are we living in the present moment throughout the day? You know, we can get tripped up very easily here. You know, typing out an email is the present moment, but we're thinking about what the person may say or how they'll respond or worse yet, you know, what's going on in in our life, in a, in, a, in a relationship with someone, our families, whatever have you. You know, sometimes we're living in the past, thinking about uh, a memory, creating it worse than it really is, having a scenario of running into someone that you don't particularly care for, and what you would love to say to that person. That, that's just not living in the, the present moment. And when you live in the present moment, you still can experience, obviously, pain, anger, frustration, uh, resentment. But if you truly live in the present moment, you'll begin to appreciate what you have, 
And that's why a gratitude exercise is, is so very important. You know, take the two minutes and 37 seconds to write down 10 things you're grateful for today, one through 10 on a nice journal, and listen. It can be as simple as your electric toothbrush, indoor plumbing, um, a selfless wife, responsible children. I don't think that would be my example, <laughs> unfortunately, but you get the gist. And Matthew Kelly today said, it's impossible to multitask. My wife touts on being a great multitasker, but it's basically juggling. You know what I mean? You're just more, you're just more, you're more efficient doing one, one task at a time. It's, it's been proven. Uh, single tasking is proven to be more effective and less stress inducing. Um, Having three things going on at once is fine, but just do the three things separately. Don't do, you know, because you're going to be taken away from the other. You know, if you say, okay, let me do this, and the next sentence, I'll, I'll stop and I'll do this. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's just creating more um, confusion, if anything. And the quote here, I am rare... And there's value in all rarity. Therefore, I am valuable. We need to have those self-affirmations, auto-suggestions of what we aspire to be and use it in the present tense. I am self-confident. I am a millionaire. I am loved. Those are just some examples. But understand that self-affirmation and repetition are really what drives it home. And that's what makes great athletes great, is the monotonous repetition of practice. Doing it over and over and over again but they're practicing the correct things. You know, if you've got a lousy golf swing and you go out day in and day out and practice for an hour, you know, you, and you're not fixing your swing. You're just further confirming what you already have, which is a bad golf swing. You know, and you need to straighten that out figuratively and literally and work at it. Success lies on the other side of effort, but it comes with a price, which usually involves suffering. You know, look at the example of weight loss. You know, you generally suffer from exercise and the withdrawal of unhealthy food. You know, the same applies with earning a higher standard of living. There's going to be some suffering involved, some 
things that you're going to need to do that may not be your favorite tasks. Every profession has that. But you have to hone in on what you're good at and then eventually work at what you're not good at. And I'll leave you with this story. Uh, we are expected to receive a um, substantial snowstorm this weekend. I think it's going to be, the height of it's going to be Saturday afternoon. And I really haven't watched the forecast, but, you know, I've talked to people that have said it's going to be four to eight inches and other people that said it was going to be 18 to 24 inches. But whatever it is, uh, we're prepared for it. And my parents would take my sister and I to the mall every single Sunday. It was about a 40-minute drive uh, north in Rhode Island. And... It was painful for me, not so much for my sister because she enjoyed shopping and getting clothes, and I really didn't. Uh, so that ride was just brutal for me. But my mom was so fanatic and so, um, you know, focused on doing our Sunday shopping deal when we were getting a severe snowstorm. It was at least eight inches, if not more. And my mom thought that the mall would be open during that. So it had to be probably more than eight inches because the mall was actually closed. She had no idea, no cell phones. There was no way of knowing that. So we were taking a ride up in the, you know, in, in the snow and the mall was closed. So we drove past the exit because the exit ramp was blocked with, with you know, snow drifts. It was, it was crazy. So my dad keeps driving north trying to find exits so he can turn around and head back home because, you know, the, it's, the snow conditions are getting much, much worse. So he sees this exit uh, that's somewhat cleared out, and he takes it. And... All of a sudden, we come into a snowdrift because it's, you know, it turns. It makes that big circle. Well, my dad gets stuck, and he can't back up the car. He can't go forward anymore. So we're literally stranded. Now, I begin to cry hysterically, um, just anxiety-ridden, you know. And again, I'm not that old, um, and I'm not that young. I'm 10 years old, I think. You know, a 10-year-old generally can hold himself together, you would think. Nope, not me. I was, you know, scared to death like we were going to die. Like, like, it, like a, there was a sh uh, ship sinking, and we were on it. I, I truly felt that way. Uh, and, you know, my parents are trying to calm me down. Well, finally, um, two state police officers, state troopers, come to our rescue and they were they were able to you know one actually put his back to the car where the back tire was and then put his feet on a snowbank 
and pushed it so it wouldn't, you know, swerve into the, the bank as he was backing up. And we were able to get out. And as these guys were doing it, my dad heard them saying to, the, to each other, as they saw another guy just going along, and he's like, that's the guy we pulled over earlier. He said he was just out for a joyride. Can you friggin' believe it? These, these guys in a snowstorm going out for a joyride? And if they only knew, um, you know, what we were doing, oh, lo and behold, the, 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 the beaten verbally my father would probably have taken. But I was very thankful for those uh, state troopers. So we're still not out of the woods yet because... He backs us out of the ramp. Now we're still heading north. We need to go south. So it probably wasn't for another 15 or 20 minutes where we saw an actual cleared out exit ramp where you could then go over the overpass and get on to the south side of the interstate. And at that point, I was so thankful because I'm telling my dad, the median of the interstate is all woods. I'm like, well, dad, there's a little, you know, trail there. Why don't you? He's like, are you crazy? I was just so dead set about getting home or going in the right direction uh, that I was just panic stricken. But that's what all of us experience from time to time with our anxiety. Our anxiety takes over. And consumes us in whatever task we want to do, whatever person we want to face. And it can be very, very problematic unless you are able to take a deep breath, be in control of your thoughts, and take hold of the situation, whatever it may be. The death of a loved one, an accident that you're um, loved one was involved in an injury, you know, a broken relationship, uh, someone that's offended you greatly. We need to take control of our minds and our emotions, and we need to do it in a very calm way. And if you videotape me 30 minutes from now, my daughter's screaming and yelling at me that she needs to go to cheer for, the, for whatever game she has to cheer to. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be barking right back at her, you know, instead of practicing what I'm actually conveying to all of you. So that's my uh, story, and I am proud of it, even though it makes me look like a banana. I will check in with you folks, uh, Lord willing, on Monday if we survive the snowstorm. In the meantime, be well, stay well. We'll talk to you soon.